Beast High. Hello, podcast listeners. It's Wildcat Minute, where we talk about High School Musical 3, senior year, one minute at a time. I'm Condra. And I am Tyler. And we're here today to talk about Minute 10 of High School Musical 3, senior year. Minute 10 starts out with Gabriella finishing what is that top secret thing with hiding place and ends with Troy saying, come on. Well, we look (laughs) at Gabriella's mom, Mrs. Bolton, and another woman who we're not sure the identity of. Presumably Mrs. Danforth. Or Taylor's mom. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, weird. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, we are in the treehouse. Jesse McCartney's freaky is playing overhead. Um, I oh, did, yeah. is, that, is that the song that, that the song Kelsey with, put on in the previous minute? Yeah, yeah. So we were running a little long. So um, just to step back for a sec there, music changed in the last minute and we're listening to a new song now. It is called Freaky by Jesse McCartney. No, is Jesse McCartney like... He was not like a Disney... contracted by Disney? He was not officially to my knowledge, but he, made, he was a Aaron Carter type where he was just very popular as like a boy pop singer and made appearances in this. He had a pretty prominent song in Sydney White, the Amanda Bynes movie. So Yeah, I- it's hard it's hard to place like what those guys were doing in pop culture. Because he's kinda they were like putting out music. Yeah, he's kinda like Aaron Carter. It's almost like good for them for not like being stuck in like a crazy studio system like Miley Cyrus or something. Yeah, yeah, or Hillary Duff. Like these, I, I think of Aaron Carter and Jesse McCartney. Not only in my brain they look alike, which doesn't help either. Um, <laughs> they they made their guest appearances in shows to keep cultural relevancy. I think Jesse McCartney plays a love interest in A Sweet Life of Zack and Cody or something like that. Like one of those little cameo moments. But it's more, you just hear his music throughout shows and movies and stuff. Yeah, I I wonder if we even have like that same level of stardom anymore. Um, But it's hard to say because we're not engulfed in kids' culture. Not in the same way, yeah. So my main thing with this whole treehouse scene is like, there's been this whole party going on this whole time. You mean to tell me that no one's just been like no one's goofing up off in the treehouse? Yeah, no, the whole not time? happened. Didn't happen. Someone Did snuck they, up like... there. <laughs> unless, unless Mr. or Mrs. Bolton, my bet is on Mrs. Bolton, hid the ladder and Troy knew where he she always hides it or whatever and like put up the ladder. And now that Troy is up there and everyone can see that he is up there, it's not like they're hiding up there. They can see him <laughs> up there that they're like, oh, shoot, we can't just sneak up there and do sorts of things. Well, I, I think I think my take on it was it's a very polite and chaste party. Mrs. Bolton told them not to go up in the treehouse, so nobody went up in the treehouse. <laughs> Another option. <laughs> It's their yard is big enough. The party's focused on one side of the yard. I yeah. mean, al- alternative, everyone else among the teenagers has thought treehouse and swing set. Those are for little babies. We're <laughs> not going to go over there. Meanwhile, Chad, Taylor, Troy and Gabriella are like, no, we want to sit and do the cute, somewhat childish, but also like perfect teen romance, like 
sitting on a swing set and holding hands or sitting on a high ledge and dangling our feet over. Like that's mm-hmm. that's very that's very wholesome. Yes. It is just a very wholesome moment. Although Troy makes a joke that Gabriella does not take as wholesome. <sighs> this is so stupid. I was gonna I was gonna say the the other thing that's not wholesome is that the the treehouse has a skulled crossbones um little piece of artwork above oh, we'll get there. their heads. We'll get there. That's that's also not wholesome. That's piracy, and piracy is illegal. Well we'll continue to talk about pirates. <laughs> Yo ho. Um, no, but Troy says, you know, you're only the second girl I've had up here. And Gabriella, Gabriella makes a like affronted face. She is like, what the heck? And Troy goes, to the, well, it was only my mom joke, which is like the worst joke of all time. It is a bad joke. Like, well, for one thing, it's usually like uh, I've you're the second girl I've ever kissed. And the first was my mom. Like, Yeah, which is worse. I'll that is a worse joke and at least it's not yeah that. that is a more cliche version of the joke but like just don't like it's not funny like i guess if he's trying to get like the reaction out of gabriella and they have this little like flirtatious relationship where he says something a little like risky and she pretends to get jealous and that's like their thing but we've not really seen that to be their thing jealousy does not work well on either of them yeah I guess there hasn't really been like uh, any any moment where Gabriella thought he and Sharpay were doing a thing, but she did get like pretty jealous. In the first of, movie, well, even in the last movie, it was like, "Oh, am I gonna do a scene with Sharpay?" And then like everybody was mad at him for mm-hmm. agreeing to do a thing with Sharpay, even though he was obviously roped into it. Mm-hmm. But whatever, <laughs> she ha- she sang a whole song about it. Yeah, she sang multiple <laughs> songs about. Troy's extrovertedness. But also, like, what if Troy had had a previous girlfriend? Have they not talked about that yet? That you tell like me Troy a... never had a girlfriend when he was, like, a freshman or a sophomore? Well, maybe he did, but it was never something that, like... It's like those early high school or, like, late middle school relationships where they say they're dating and they maybe will hold hands in class and, like, but that's about it. Like, they don't go to each other's houses or anything. I observe a lot of this from my teens, like, what they consider (laughs) a relationship. And it's hilarious. (laughs) No, yeah. I guess, yeah. Troy, I guess it's the pre-Snapchat era. But, yeah, a lot of texting happens, but not a lot of in real life hanging out. Yeah. But it seems like at some point Troy would have brought a girl back to his house and in an effort to avoid his mom and dad, went into the backyard and sat in the treehouse. Like, well, unless he was just so focused on basketball. Basketball, that's my other thing, is like, he was a coach's kid. And the boys, yeah. <laughs> like, Chad's been up there a million times. Yeah. But Chad's been his best friend since pre-K. Yeah. They probably, now, he probably helped Troy and his dad build some of it. Like, maybe Chad put the skull and bones up. That is also stated that Troy and Jack Bolton built this treehouse together. Cute. Cute. How much of it was together? I'm sure Jack built it and Troy helped. If Troy was actually old enough to, like, solidly help, he was probably a little too old to be playing in a treehouse. <laughs> Finger guns. It's right. so wild because the treehouse looks really fake too. Yeah, it's um, 
It's interesting. This the budget has increased, but at what cost? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks it looks really nice and fancy, but it just doesn't look realistic. No. Like even the Spy Kids treehouse oh. looked like it could be a treehouse. Yeah. The other kind of little qualm. That was a deep memory. Oh, the Spy Kids. I love Spy Kids way too much for my own good. (laughs) So, but what what was I going to say? I think it also doesn't make sense if we're in New Mexico. Like, oh yeah, (laughs) for there to be like a classic Americana like elm tree in the backyard. Yeah, not not to say that there may. There may be those kinds of trees in New Mexico, in Albuquerque. I don't know. I've never been down to that part of the country. But my guess is probs not because of water. Yeah, a lot of people don't have like full grass lawns and that type of tree isn't necessarily thriving in that environment. You're exactly right. Yeah, it t- it's funny. It's just like it takes place in Albuquerque, but it's never like the climate of Albuquerque. <laughs> never comes through. Other than... At the resort. The golf course, I yeah. guess. Yeah. The environs of the golf course are a little deserty, mm-hmm. but there's also large swaths of grass. Because the Evanses have money. <laughs> yeah. Is Gabriella impressed with this treehouse? She thinks it's so cool. But like this is this is the weird like brain thing with this movie. Is like we as an audience of six to 12 year olds are supposed to think that's an awesome treehouse. I would love it if I lived in Troy's treehouse. Yeah. But as an actual 17 or 18 year old, like, I mean, I, I wouldn't, bet- if I was Troy, I would not have been like, let me take my girlfriend up to the, this cool treehouse. Like I'd be like, Oh, that was like an embarrassing thing for my childhood. Like, but I think what I like to think about with Troy and Gabriella is they have shared a little bit more of themselves with each other, like emotionally. And I bet Gabriella like gets a kick out of that, like little kid Troy and like the things that he <laughs> used to do, especially if you consider Gabriella moved. This is the first time she's ever been in one school for two years in a row. Well, so she's never had that kind of relate. She probably didn't have the opportunities to like, make a lasting thing in a home. So for her, it's probably also this concept of like, wow, you've been in this place and you've built up these memories and like had this experience. And that's really cool too. Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. Gabriella would be impressed by the longevity of it. Mm-hmm. So were you going to talk about how Troy and dad built it, built a treehouse with like a pirate theme to make it look like a pirate ship? No, I want to talk about it in a couple weeks or like next week. We'll get another okay. shot of the treehouse that will allow to continue on the pirate talk. Okay. Yeah, because it's not necessarily shaped like a treehouse, but there are like way too many pieces of wood on the tree. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so we pan down. They start talking about their feelings. Yes, and the future. And uh, how it is so, oh, sorry, this was my so cool note. My so cool note was that the coach of U of A is here, that it's so cool that he's at his party, which is like, is it so cool? It's a little weird if you think about it. And it's it's also weird because they cut down to a shot of Grill and Mike. Jack Bolton <laughs> and 
Charlie Danforth, mm-hmm. like grilling and passing out food, but mm-hmm. the coach isn't in that shot. Isn't so he? Like, I thought he was off he, on the I, background. I, I looked at it like three times and I did not see. Okay, that. all right, I trust. So it's like the coach is here. Cut to a a shot of not the coach. Unless then, he's still referring to his father as the coach. <laughs> so wild that that the coach is here. You, my dad? No, the the U of A coach, dummy. Troy then gets the the thousand yard stare as he talks about how he cannot believe that his dad's dream is coming true, that he's going to his alma mater. And uh, Troy just looks very haunted. <laughs> he goes, did I just say that? Like, it it's weird because it's in a in a, in a modern day context. It would be like a, a, a cheesy Marvel joke would be like, I can't believe I just said that. Yeah. Um. Which is so, like sort of has its roots in like tacky Disney Channel writing, mm-hmm. but it's weird because it is the the did I just say that? But he 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 sort of means he it. Means it's not it. really played for a joke. Yeah. So it's it's very hard. To, like it's this bad writing, but it's it's not like it. But it's not trying to be ironic. So it's see. You, so it's fine. I don't. Yeah. No. Well, the thing is, I will actually do that IRL. Like, I will say things sometimes, and I'll like stop and be like, "Wait a second, what did I just say?" Like, but he, but he's saying something he knows is already true. But it has not sunk into his brain yet. I don't think he yes. necessarily wants it to be true. Which is, I'm, I'm sorry. Just like the only thing I could think while watching this scene is like. What are Chad and Taylor talking about? Because anything that they're talking about has to be more interesting than this conversation between Troy and Gabriella. That they've probably had before, assuming. It's the only thing that Troy and Gabriella have ever talked about. <laughs> Is where they're going after high school. I mean, it was what the whole last movie was about, too. <laughs> yeah. They're like, I'm worried about the future. I just want to have a nice summer. And then this movie's like, I'm worried about the future. Well, I just want to enjoy my senior year. Like, can we can we just have the movie like have some some actual intrigue? The only difference I'll say between like have a nice summer and Troy having his actual future just thrust upon him forcibly by his father. Like those are two very different things. But but he was experiencing this in the previous movie too, where he was getting scouted and he yeah. had to like take the promotion for the better of his future as opposed to But like there's a difference between scouting and shaking hands and being like, yes, I commit to you. He's been on this road for a while and he's running out of exits. Yes. It just it's confusing because the movies haven't presented us with alternatives yet. And maybe this is a more realistic portrayal of high school worry of like, I don't know what I want to do. I just know what I don't want to do. Mm -hmm. But from a screenwriting standpoint, it's like, if you want it to be about his sort of ennui and nervousness about the future and not knowing what he wants out of life, like make it about that. It, the, the movie's not about anything. It's just he's nervous for the future, but he doesn't do anything about it or react to it at all. Gabriella, though, not nervous. She's gotten into Stanford. She's known since and she was little. It's also clunkily exposited here, too. And she's like, me and my mom have been talking about me going to Stanford since I was a child. And then Troy says, and you're already in. I was like, okay. Yep, got it. Got that exposition in. We know Gabriella's been accepted to Stanford. Yep. Got it. 
she she did Stanford. She's early action. Did she committed? Did she? It doesn't. No, doesn't but say. assuming, I mean, where we are in the year, although yeah, I mean, it's February or March. High school basketball championship taking place in February or March. Yeah, unless she did early decision, this would be like you know the the sort of deciding time for her. Uh, they'd probably be getting letters right now, and they would be deciding by April. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's the the time between having gotten the acceptance letter and having committed. I think she early actioned for oh. reasons that will become later. Oh yeah, it it just doesn't make it clear in this minute whether she's committed or not. Yeah. And then, are you talking early action or early decision? Because early decision implies that she was committing upon oh, acceptance. Early decision. Okay. Sorry. No, it's fine. It's terminology that you haven't had to think of for a while. Yep. It's just an awkward line delivery. It is. It's it's a little clunky. And it's like, actually, I will give Vanessa Hudgens credit. She's ex- She seems fine with this, the Stanford thing. The thing she's mad at is her mom who keeps talking about it. <laughs> so embarrassing. It, <laughs> Like, it doesn't seem like that's how that conversation would go. But I think it's kind of funny that she's like, yeah, it's all fine. And then she looks down and then she's like, except that. That's the worst. Well, what's funny is, like, she says, and my mom won't stop talking about it. And then we, it's like a Simpsons joke. Like, yeah. And then we cut to her mom talking about it. Like, holding a piece of paper and showing it to Troy's mom and either I- <laughs> Taylor or... <laughs> And Do you think it's is, Taylor or Chad's mom? I think it's Taylor's mom. Because, because because girl group, because Taylor's mom would know Gabriella's mom? I think so, because Taylor and Gabriella have been shown to hang out outside of school. Yeah. Where, why would Chad's mom, like, other than, like, oh, unless she was talking to Mrs. Bolton about the boys getting in, and then, like, Gabriella's mom comes up to Mrs. Bolton and is like, she's got in. <laughs> Holding her acceptance letter that she brought to the party to show up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, for the, the listener at home, we are speculating that this is either Mrs. Danforth or Mrs. Coleman. Nope. Taylor's last name is. Yeah. No. Monique Coleman is the name of the actor. Yeah. Nope. That's why I was like, that's not the right um, Taylor Taylor Swift no Taylor's mom uh, because again we're playing on the card that Disney's bad at casting it is a it's a black lady (laughs) yeah I mean to be expected in the sense that like casting of the time is going to bear out the 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 African-American characters parent is also the same racial identity yes I just, we just don't know because this person is not named. They are not <laughs> featured in any way, shape, or form. I guess we might find out later if we see Chad's mom pop back up. Yeah. It was my understanding going into this movie that we would meet both Chad's dad and mom at some point in this movie because I had seen the credits, I oh. think, at some point. Oh, okay. But hard to say. Hard to say indeed. So, yeah, I mean, for me, it's just like it's another scene of Troy and Gabriella sharing their emotions, but not really like being there for each other as like emotional support, just kind of like venting, but not addressing any problems. And sometimes you do just want someone to listen, but also like it doesn't feel like they're actually 
doing like helping each other ever. Mm-hmm. I just also how emotionally we have the expectations of an adult relationship that's very like has matured and is used to communicating expectations on a high school relationship. I was never in a high school relationship, but you were. I don't know how your experience like if you can put that on your experience dating in high school like were the were the conversations about the future actually fulfilling <laughs> i mean it just it just it doesn't play out like this where you like you're sitting down at a party and then all of a sudden you're saying the plot relevant stuff like it's the sort of it's it gets peppered in over time yeah it comes in it comes in waves it comes in little pieces which for screenwriting's sake, like, yeah, you just have them sitting here having the conversation about the plot relevant thing. Better, you know, more Cohen brother-esque screenwriting would hide the character motivations in, you know, sort of deeper threads, you know, like something where the characters are are doing something plot relevant and their motivations and feelings get revealed with how they do something, not just what they say, right? Mm-hmm show don't tell as it were indeed um the high school musical movies do a lot of telling not a lot of showing i would say definitely but it is what it is and we we power through yeah i mean it's nice to at least like have a scene where it's like okay we have two characters who are just talking we haven't had that yet in the movie and we're at the 10 minute mark like it's nice to have some idea of what the movie's actually trying to be about Mm-hmm. they're worried about their future. I know we've talked about it because it was on the back of the DVD case, but like, okay, if this is what the dominant interplay between Troy and Gabriella is going to be in this movie, they're both sort of individually worried about their future. And we as an audience don't necessarily see where those things are going to intersect. Great. We'll see where that goes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we've done a lot of wheel spinning with not a lot to talk about. <laughs> you want to talk about something else? Sure. I do believe it is time for the alternate Disney movie moment here on the pod. Uh, I don't know what Tyler's about to reveal to me, so I can't say if it's a decom or if it's a not decom, but I'm about to find out. Here's what I'll say. We're cutting to our next segment. So cue the music. have music i haven't listened this season so i actually don't know if you have music or not all right condor so here's the what we're doing i figured we'd talk about a branch of movies that are owned by disney believe it or not touchdown well fox it's it's an interesting it's an interesting concept right because disney disney as a conglomerate corporation has sort of come to own all these different things and we've been talking about like some of these historical movies, and I do want to get back to the historical Disney movies. I have another idea for a sort of topic that we can broach. But for right now, I want to talk about a pocket full of movies that recently came under Disney's ownership, and that is the uh, Blue Sky Animation Studio. I forgot about this. So, so this is just sort of a topic for us to talk about for a few minutes. Yeah. Um, and there's a certain number of movies that an animation studio put out 
and are now owned by Disney, making them sort of Disney properties. Yeah. So it was a Blue Sky was a, at some point acquired by Fox, and then when, uh, so yeah, I have then when Disney, I have the history here. I okay, was gonna great. Break it sorry, down. sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> so I just know Blue Sky Studios was founded in 1987 originally. They were sort of born out of a company called Magi or M A G I was what it was called. It stood for Mathematical Applications Group Incorporated. <laughs> And this is like a very 1980s like yeah. tech company that was developing it's, early CGI. It's your Pixar. Literally, this company, Magi, was one of the companies that did a big chunk of the work on Tron. Mm. The, the computer-generated mm-hmm. animation in Tron was done by this tech company. This is like early days when when Pixar was like was being run by Steve Jobs Mm -hmm. because the technology of doing it was the thing, not the fact that like, Oh, we're an animation studio. So like we have to come up with cool stories. It was like, no, we need the, like the computers that can make this happen. Mm -hmm. Um, So blue sky studios was sort of birthed out of M a G I, which closed in 1986 or 1987 blue sky studios was founded in 1987 doing this computer stuff, mostly working on commercials, like smaller animation segments of larger movies, mm-hmm. corporate logos, stuff like that. Yeah. In 1998, Blue Sky Studios put out a short called Bunny, which actually won the Oscar Best, An- Best Animated Short. And this sort of put them on a map. At the same time, you had Fox Animation Studios which oddly only actually released two movies under that specific label. Do you know which two they are? Fox Animation, that'd be Anastasia? Yep. And is that Prince of Egypt? Titan A.E. Oh my God, I forgot that movie existed. (laughs) Which, you know, it sort of flopped and led to the termination of Fox Animation Studios. Now- uh, 20th Century Studios has like a whole other branch of animation and like things that they have co-produced over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the Don Bluth, I think, were co-produced kind of stuff. Yeah, like those are from the earlier era. And then in the more recent era, 20th Century Fox and now 20th Century Studio- Studios has sort of put their name onto things like the Simpsons movie and Ron's Gone Wrong and the Bob's Burger movie that came out last year mm-hmm. are all like movies that are like released by Fox but not produced by them. Yeah. But anyway, Blue Sky Studios became the production studio for 20th Century Fox. Okay. In a world where you had Disney mm-hmm. and then you had the sort of B tier um, to Disney, which was DreamWorks. DreamWorks, Yeah. Blue Sky Studios popped in as the sort of third player in this market in the year 2002. Was that robots? What? Sorry. One second. It, in, this, in the year where they sort of got get a, like officially purchased and put on the front page of Fox with the 2002 movie, not robots, but Ice Age. Okay. I was like, I never, I couldn't remember which one came first there. And Ice Age gets nominated for the animated Oscar. Huge, yeah. So Ice Age kind of puts Blue Sky on the map. And then, Condor, if you had to guess, how many theatrical releases, how many features did Blue Sky Studios release between 2002 and their purchase of Disney in 2019? 
Can I just start naming some of them and that will help me? Yeah. So we have the Ice Age movies, so that's at least three, maybe four in theater. Um, okay. Robots. Um, Ansys DreamWorks. Um, I want to say, because it's going to be some absurd number, it's going to be like 20, because that shouldn't make sense, but like they were a machine putting out a movie that looked very particular, um, and I didn't like their look a lot of the time like the ice age movies did nothing for me back in the day but like i get why they were did they do prince of egypt or was that no that would have been a little bit earlier because they started in 2002 okay i just don't remember who did prince of egypt (laughs) that's bothering me right now because that spirit as well like those two were i think that was early dreamworks when they were early dreamworks okay yeah um there's probably a bunch. I know that the spy, spies in disguise. Yep. Rio. Yep. Rio two then also was a uh, sugar. It came and went. Grinch was Illuminations. See, this is the time I was not going to see animated films. So like, this is like, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna guess like around twenty, just because that seems like an like impossible but also like dead on i'm trying to think of other ones that were by by the creators of ice age and you don't need to worry about it too hard no it's wasn't there that was the peanut was the peanut one and then there was that stupid there was the bull one ferdinand yeah so So that means that the the dr seuss ones would have been were the dr seuss ones like horton and let me break it let me break it down for you okay it's actually a pretty reasonable number. There were 13 Blue Sky Studios productions. Okay, in 16 years, that is reasonable. Okay, great. Love that. Yeah, in yeah, roughly 17 years. It's actually, like, totally normal. And if you if you think about, like, the fact that, you know, you, it was Disney and then DreamWorks and then Blue Sky, like, for them to have, you know, a pretty big impact in the animated movie landscape in that time, only really producing, you know, a movie every one or two or three years. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah. Obviously, Illumination has sort of filled their, their gap. third tier slot. But, okay, you had Ice Age in 2002, Robots in 2005, okay. Ice Age the Meltdown in 2006, Dr. Seuss's Horton Hears a Who in 2008, Ice Age Dawn of the Dinosaurs in 2009, Rio in 2011, Ice Age Continental Drift in 2012, Epic in 2013. Oh, God. Who remembers that movie? Rio 2 in 2014. Peanuts movie in 2015, Ice Age Collision Course in 2016, Ferdinand 2017, and Spies in Disguise 2019. Which was the first one that Disney had owned and was distributing. Because I remember there, it was very confusing because they bought the company right around the time that movie was coming out. And it was very confusing. Oh, this is Disney's first animated film, not by yeah. Disney. Like, it was, it was very messy. Except... The movie had already been all completely oh, made yeah, by absolutely. the time. Absolutely, it was just so it was just Disney making the profit off of somebody else's work. But yeah. any considering that five of those five movies of them are were Ice Age, Ice Age <gasps> you have two that are based on original pro- um uh, uh, pre-existing yeah. properties in Ferdinand and yeah, the Horton Peanuts. Here's a Who and Peanuts movie and Ferdinand and Ferdinand. So three were you pre-existing. Ha- so they came up with they came up with Ice Age. They came mm-hmm. up with robots. Mm-hmm. They came up with Rio. Mm-hmm. Which Epic, was, which isn't really a thing, was a flop. 
and Spies in Disguise. So they came up with five original, four or five original ideas. Two of them made a pretty, I mean, Ice Age made a huge cultural impact. Mm-hmm. There's, there's another, they made another Ice Age movie that released directly to Disney Plus yep. um, a year or two ago. Um, so there's actually six movies in the Ice Age franchise, but only five of them were actually made by Blue Sky. Wow, 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 wow. Um, Rio was, I mean, they made two Rios. Yeah, it was it a pretty did pretty popular well, kids yeah. movie. Um, Pre-Trolls, where it had, like, music of different people and stuff, like. Yeah, Horton here's a, who pretty well received. Okay, yeah. And then Illumination picked up the mantle for Lorax then? Yeah, I guess so. I, I don't know who made Lorax. Peanuts movie was probably their most well-received, other than perhaps the original Ice Age, but that was a different time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, I've just, I felt like it would be interesting to talk about a movie studio that, like, came in, made an impact, and now has been subsumed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lorax was Illumination, by the by. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, that is really interesting because we are living in the Disney world that Disney is, quote, 100 years old in a in a practical sense, not so much, but um, it is just under 100 years old, I would say, for like, realistically. So where Disney has been basically, I mean, they created categories in the Oscars to accommodate Disney. This other company emerges, makes a big splash, and then gets absorbed by the mother. I mean, what did they create to accommodate Disney? Animated feature? Uh, no, uh, animated short. Oh, like back, back, back in the day. Back in the day, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they were right. giving Disney just special awards. They're like, we don't know what to, we don't, you don't fall into any of our categories. Here's just an award on your own. Yeah. I think what's interesting about Blue Sky to me is it, it shows the sort of. What Pixar could have been. Well, it's almost like the the reverse side of what Pixar could have been, like the bad version of what. Pixar well, no, could that's have what been. I'm saying. Like, um, yeah, I mean, well, there you often get the Pixar DreamWorks dichotomy, and then you have Blue Sky plugging away, just like, yeah, we're just gonna like make movies that no one's quite sure who made it, but yeah. we're doing our darndest. <laughs> yeah, and we got our own. We've definitely have our own style, and it's um, funny to think there's some that I'd be like, oh, well, that kind of looks like that movie, but I guess like maybe they shared animators or whatever. Most people would have probably guessed that Ice Age and Robots were DreamWorks movies. Especially because Robots has the DreamWorks eyebrow prominently featured in the poster. <laughs> Robin Williams is in that movie. Robin Williams is in that movie. But I think I think the the signpost for me is that it's the, you know, death of competition and this sort of like capitalism movie production mm-hmm. world that we live in like Disney in defeating and in, in conquering its rivals like Blue Sky Animation purchasing 20th Century Fox isn't helping itself no if anything it's hurting itself if you want to take the example of Disney removing stuff from Disney Plus that was made specifically for Disney Plus like, they were like, yeah, we put all this money into these original projects, and now you just can't access them anymore. I think it's I think it's the creative mindset that, like, and, and that going back to the roots, the technological mindset, like, you have a different production company that's making things potentially with a whole different computer and mm-hmm. technology base and different different strategies and styles of production companies. I mean, 
a big thing. Like Blue Sky Studios was its own production company, but a lot of the other 20th Century Fox animated movies were just like outsourced and, you know, slapped a label on. Yeah. It's the sort of thing of like Disney in absorbing everything else. It's it's making it so everything sort of feels the same, mm-hmm. which is a bad thing. Elemental came out last weekend. It's the lowest Pixar debut of all time. Not including Soul because Soul is never released in theaters. Yeah, theatrical. It's it's lower than um, Onward, though. Yeah. And Onward d- released a week before COVID literally shut things down. Onward made enough money in one or two weeks. You know, it made $40 million in its opening weekend. Elemental made $27 million in its opening weekend. So... like. We're, we're getting to a point with Disney where, like, they don't know where to put their movies. Like, we'd release this directly to Disney+. Plus. We release this directly into theaters, and there's no... See, I have thoughts about Elemental that I think were running long and probably not worth it, but I did see Elemental. I really liked it. I think it was very poorly advertised because it's not a kid's movie. It's a everyone movie, <laughs> But in the same way, Soul is not, kids are not going to get the impact they are for watching The Good Dinosaur. In the same way, I am not going to get the same impact watching The Good Dinosaur as a six-year-old is going to get. Good Dinosaur also made more money than Elemental opening weekend. (laughs) I was there opening weekend for Good Dinosaur and for Onward, so it's not a big deal. I, I give my money every opening weekend to them. But I think Elemental did a poor, I think it came out at the wrong time of year. I don't think it. this was the time of... I think this would have been a great, great Valentine's Day movie. For old for people our age, targeted, because it is a cute rom-com, which I yeah. love that Pixar is doing. It's beautiful. It's rendered fantastically. It's a lot like Soul, where it's making me feel things that feel very relevant to me right now as an almost 30-year-old who has literally grown up with Pixar. I think they're marketing it very poorly in the same way they marketed Soul poorly, in the same way, honestly, like, they marketed Onward poorly because they were so focused on Chris Pratt and Tom Holland, and which is why <laughs> they made that money that opening weekend, because they had the two two of the biggest superhero names in that movie. But, like, I don't know the actors that are in Elemental, and I thought they were fantastic. I loved the story. I think it's super r- applicable to what people our age are experiencing right now. And even those of a slightly older generation, because it is an immigrant and first generation story, I just think they did a bad job advertising it. And, like, I've been telling everyone, I'm like, I had a delightful time. And that's the funny thing is, like, people that actually see it have really good things to say about it. It's just no one's talking about it because they're like, oh, it's another Pixar movie, another movie for kids about the elements, whatever. And it's like, no, this was more than, like, like Zootopia and Elemental hit very same messages, but in two drastically different ways. I think to tie back to the Blue Sky conversation, the trick is that, like, there's nothing to compare it to anymore. Mm-hmm. There's like the, the the most recent animated movie is the Super Mario Brothers movie, which was fun, but in a very different way. Or Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse or across the Spider-Verse, also a different genre. Yeah. Elemental compared if if Rio 3 had come out this year, Elemental would be like a godsend. Like Yeah. 
it would it would be valued like the critics would be like well of the animated slate that we've gotten this year elemental sticks out as the one with heart Mm -hmm. or something like that and honestly like if people are remember i think it's unfortunate that it came out so close to spider-man because spider-man like those movies are kind of untouchable stylistically but if you're comparing it to mario yeah this movie tells a much better story than mario does and i liked mario (laughs) yeah the mario movie was good but it distinctly lacked a story or characters yes (laughs) also disney has had success with june releases but they were mostly the sequels like incredibles 2 Mm -hmm. and finding dory Mm -hmm. like this has been a slot that has worked for them in the past but not for your original programming no yeah, no. you stick you stick your original your original Pixar in November or February or March or something. Mm-hmm. You're exactly right about that. Um, so Blue Sky Studios was acquired by Disney in 2019. It p- closed production in April 2021. Oh wow! Which has to be tough for those animators who were working for another two years, mm-hmm. knowing that they, nothing much was going to come of it. Yeah, they were probably doing background stuff on other Disney products. The last Blue Sky production to be released was Ice Age Scrap Tales. Oh, yeah. Which was a, like a, a, a mini series. I think yeah. they were shorts. Yeah, they were shorts. Um, that was released in April of 2022. Wow. So about a year ago. And and a year after they all got fired, too. Yeah, so like... that, was, that was the last Blue Sky production. And in the last 14 months, Blue Sky has been dead. Wow. Fun fact, they were also based as a production company in White Plains, New York, and then Greenwich, Connecticut, which is the area that I live in. Wow. So, <laughs> Weird. Better taxes in Connecticut, apparently, than for production than New York. So the, so the Wikipedia page said. Okay. But yeah. Um, well, this was fun. Thank you for bringing them up. There's a nostalgia for like that era of like, honestly, I couldn't tell you if I've seen any of these Blue Sky movies. I think I saw Ice Age when I was very young. I don't know if I ever saw all of Robots. I s- I've definitely seen all of Robots. I've seen Rio, and I've seen Horton Hears a Who. Uh, and the Peanuts movie I think you saw, but I never saw. Yes, probably. But if you asked know. me about any of these movies, I would say like, oh, yeah, that was a pretty, pretty big movie, except for Epic and Ferdinand. Like, yeah. Felt like all of those movies, and Spies in Disguise, obviously, felt like all of those movies made an impact. Spies in Disguise is more Tom Holland, though, Tyler. (laughs) Most of those movies, like, were a part of my childhood in terms of, like, seeing commercials and... Mm -hmm. The toys at McDonald's and Burger King, like... Yeah, they were as significant as any Disney movie, Mm -hmm. and now they are as insignificant as any Disney movie, I guess is the... Yeah. Conclusion. Yeah. It's funny to think about Ice Age because it is similar to like the Shrek, the Shrek quandary, the um, the postmodernism, the trolls, that was the... the even the, like the Despicable Me, like Despicable Me feels like a, a creation born from Ice Age, in that the story's not where it's at it's about some really good characters and some good jokes it's it's about it's about the voice acting yeah being celebrities in the sense that what you said about elemental earlier was like they're specifically hiring actors not because they're famous voices Mm -hmm. but because they're the right voices and that's always what been what pixar did and to see them sort of move away from that over time has also been disheartening yeah although pixar i feel like doesn't do that as much as disney has other than onward okay yeah fair enough 
yeah, I just, I guess at the end of the day, like, I hope that Disney does, like, I hope that the corporations don't become all the same because it was nice to have that sort of competition. I think where we're getting the true innovation now is Netflix. Like, Netflix is producing some weird animation stuff. Well, Netflix buys the rights to yeah. convey, to, to, to distribute, yeah. all the all the weird animation stuff. And Disney, yeah, Disney doesn't have the... They're safe. The, yeah, the boldness to do that. Yeah. Because everything's got to be the Disney brand. Yeah. All right. Well, we talked about it. It's over. Yeah. Talked about it longer than you were expecting, I'm sure. No, I mean, I figured out if, if I get you talking about animation, it would continue. Always. <laughs> I actually just got a really cool book I'm excited for. It's um, The Women of Walt Disney Imagineering. Oh, so nice. I'm pretty excited about that. Well, for now, folks, you can find us on the Twitter or the Instagram at Amateur Nerds. Or me personally, at Tyler Booty, T-Y-L-E-R-B-O-U-D-Y. You can also follow us on our Tumblr which is at Wildcat Minute. Oh, yeah. Or send us an email to amateurnerdspresent at gmail.com. Yeah, let us know what your favorite Blue Sky movie was. Was Epic any good? Who knows? <laughs> no one saw it. It doesn't go out at our library. <laughs> what was the George Lucas one that also had, like, fairies? Or... Yeah. Eh. That wasn't Epic, though. That, that was, was a not different Epic. One. That was different. I, I'm okay. very confident in that. It was not epic. I don't know what it was, though. <laughs> Special thanks to our artist, Theo Golden, at T Golden Art on Instagram. And our musician, Joe Winslow, whom you can find at joewinslowmusic.com. I have been Condra. And I've been Tyler. And we'll see you next time to find out what happens with Troy and Gabriella. Do they fall off of the treehouse? You can bet on it. Strange magic strange was magic. what it was. Yeah, I'm like <laughs> strange magic. Electric light orchestra, Mr. Blue Sky, full circle. <laughs>